guys. Welcome back. It is Amanda and Barron on Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. And our sponsor for the second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. Um, if you guys are looking to buy, sell, not really quite sure where to start or what that even looks like, give her a call at 503 503- Four zero nine four three eight nine, and continue to keep her in your prayers as you guys know she is currently fighting her own battle and we know just how important those prayers can be yeah and her and her podcast can be listened to yes so just go to your google search and put in kicking cancer cares we're on all the podcast services and you can go back and listen to Marianne and tell her own story yes and it's a good one yeah well, I think we kind of hit commercial a little quick. Yes. Because I could tell by the look on your face, you still had a few more questions. I did. So with the cells making copies of themselves mm-hmm. and doing and clustering up, how do you prevent that? How do you stop them from making those awful copies and clustering <laughs> up and doing that? So your body's always going to be replicating. Right. <clears throat> There's no way to stop that. You have to replicate. Uh, in fact, it's as our body ages, the replication happens less and less frequently, which is part of the reason why our bodies start to break down as we get older. Oh. Okay, but in that process, there are some things that we can do to help mitigate or reduce the number of those errors that happen in the copying process. One, a good nutrition is huge. You've got to have the proper building blocks for your body to function. If you're trying, like I said before, if we're trying to build a house and you're, you're right next to the building store... And they've got all the lumber you could possibly need, but they don't have any screws. It's it's going to make it difficult, right? Right. Um, if they've got all the, the lumber you need and all the screws you need, but they don't have any shingles for the roof, there's going to be some problems. So when we have nutritional de- deficiencies, a lot of those errors happen more frequently because our body just doesn't have the building blocks necessary to make the appropriate copies. Mm-hmm. It's just like your copy machine running out of toner. You know, if, if it's a color copy machine, you've got the black, you've got the, what is it, the cyan and the red and you know, the magenta. Right. There's like, there's four colors, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if one of those colors runs out, you've still got your cyan, you've got your magenta, but you don't have that last color, it, the copy's not going to look right. right. So it's the same thing in our body. We have to have all the building blocks necessary. That's one reason why nutrition is so important. Okay. Secondarily, reducing the things in our environment, they're going to potentially cause issues with that copying process. So we all know that radiation... <clears throat> Remember that radiation can cause copying errors. Oh. So we'll, we'll cycle back that in a second. We're going to okay. come back to that in a bit. But just remember that radiation, so radiation um, uh, is invisible to us. We don't see it, but we get it every day. It comes from the sun. It comes from natural sources, um, but also comes from uh, unnatural sources, things like an x-ray machine or a CT scan cause radiation. Um, cell phones actually emit radiation. Um, Wi-Fi routers. I mean, everything around so it's us. All, yeah. It's, so it's all everywhere. around us, yes. But if you can limit or reduce the exposure that you have to cancer-causing things like radioactive, radiation-type emitting things, um, you're going to reduce those copy errors. So building blocks, reducing exposure to radiation, even like high-voltage power lines. If you hang out on a model day, that's another form of influence in your body that can can create those copying errors. And then the last thing is making sure that your immune system is strong. Your immune system is your first line of defense against early copying errors. Okay. As soon as those errors happen in the copying, your immune system recognizes those and will start to try and stop them and attack them. Um, if your immune system is suppressed for any reason, it's not going to do well. The nutritional side of things is one of the biggest things for improving your immune system, but you need to exercise too. Brenda always says you can't outrun a bad diet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you need both, right? Right. You you can't just exercise and not have good food. You can't just eat good food and not have exercise. You need both. Your body does best when it has good exercise and good nutrition. 
So those are the main things that I'm going to give you. They're, they're kind of the 10,000-foot view, but those three things, good food, good nutrition, uh, good exercise, and then avoiding cancer-causing things like radiation are going to make a big difference in reducing the amount of errors in copying to try and stop that from happening. Okay. So bringing it kind of back to how Brenda's taking vitamin <clears throat> C, or she's taking it in large amounts. High, high doses of liquid vitamin C. Right. So I take, I, I'm anemic, and mm-hmm. I take uh, iron every day, sure. and I'm... Uh, I pair it with vitamin C. My doctor uh, prescribed that. And so if I, it, can I take too much? What if I took like, you know, three tablets instead of one? Is that going to benefit me or is it, can it be harmful? So when it comes to vitamins, there's, there's two different classifications. There's water-soluble vitamins, which is basically all of them except for four. And then there's oil or fat-soluble vitamins. And that's vitamins A, D, E, and K. So everything else is water-soluble. A, D, E, and K are the fat-soluble or oil-soluble ones. Your body needs certain things to break those down. And it's a little bit harder to metabolize them than it is the water-soluble ones. Water-soluble, vitamin C included, it's really, really hard to overdose on that to okay. do any harm. Mm-hmm. The majority of those, because they are water-soluble, anything excess that you take that's more than what your body needs or can handle, your kidneys are going to filter that out, and you're just literally going to pee it out in the toilet. Okay. That actually makes sense, because I recently got diagnosed with psoriasis. Yes. And one of the things, you know, Google, your... (laughs) Your best friend. Yeah. Um, Said (laughs) that vitamin D was a good thing Mm -hmm. um, to take for it. So I took matters into my own hands and ordered vitamin D off Amazon, and I got really, really sick, actually. And that probably is exactly why it's not a water-soluble, so my body couldn't kick out what I didn't need or use. Is that well, what partly. I'm understanding? So how much were you taking? Just so I can ask. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you can take too much vitamin D. A, D, and K are the harder ones for your body to metabolize and, and, and use. However, unless you have some sort of a significant issue, like you've lost your gallbladder for whatever reason, um, generally you're, it's going to take an awful lot for your body to get too much. Okay. Okay. So I would hesitate to say, but, but probably it, this is the cause. Uh, quality makes a big, big difference when it comes to vitamins and supplements. Okay. And it's very easy to get poor quality vitamins, especially when you're ordering them through the internet. So not to Thank say you, you did that. anything wrong, <laughs> um, but if you'd like some good quality vitamin D, let me know. I can hook you up. Okay. <laughs> You know, and that's one of the biggest reasons that when I met Denny Warren with Juice Plus, I did my research. They are the most researched, the most tested one out there. Mm-hmm. You can get stuff similar to Juice Plus in other places, but it's not the same product. So, uh, real briefly, about a minute and a half, I'll tell you. Uh, about 12 to 15 years ago, I don't know the exact date, there was a study out of UC Berkeley. Uh, they took a large number of people, large sample size, and roughly half of them had been taking a multivitamin of whatever brand for... 20 plus years, and the other half had never taken a multivitamin. And they compared a whole bunch of different health markers, you know, blood pressure and cholesterol levels and, and blood glucose and all these different things. And they were trying to compare to see if there was a difference when you took vitamins. And at the end of the study, they compiled all the data and they looked at trends and they found that the group that was not taking anything was roughly 12% healthier than those who were on a multivitamin every really? day for 20 years. Yeah, it's it st- stunned everybody. In fact, that that study was released and medical doctors were constantly, for thereafter, for a long time, telling patients, stop taking your multivitamins, you're actually making yourself sicker. 
Interesting. So what's what's really cool is there is a supplement company that's literally just down the road from UC Berkeley. And when it was published, that study was published, they got a little bit offended because they felt like they had a <laughs> oh, good <tact>. product, right? <laughs> they felt like their product was good. And so they, they actually approached UC Berkeley and said, would you mind repeating that study, but with patients who take our supplements? And they said, sure, but only on one condition. Whatever the results are, we're going to publish the results. And they agreed. So they redid that study with patients who were taking just their supplements, no, nothing from the grocery store, nothing from Costco or wherever. Um, and they found that the patients who were taking these specific – I keep calling them patients – the individuals who were taking <laughs> these specific supplements – by this brand had roughly a 20% higher or better health than oh. people who weren't taking anything. Oh, interesting. So quality makes a big, Huge big difference. difference when it comes to supplements. Okay. So when wow. you do go supplements, and, and I crazy. want everyone, I think everyone should be on supplements. Our diet here in the United States is not great. Um, even people who are eating amazingly healthy like Brenda are still on supplements. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're getting a good quality supplement. And I hate to say this, but anything you're going to get off the shelf generally at big box stores or grocery stores is probably not going to be a good quality supplement. Okay. And the other thing that I got from uh, another one of the books, Chris Beat Cancer, that I bring in. Yeah. Chris says they're called supplements for a reason, you know. If you're deficient in something, you just supplement in that mm-hmm. item. Right. But to take every single item that may not have a benefit because you may not need that supplement. And here's where I always talk to people about good food versus supplements. What's your? How many different things are going to be in the average multivitamin? Vitamins, minerals, whatever. How many are in there on, on average? What do you guys think? Oh, honestly, I... 25. 25 is about the normal. You get about 25 different vitamins and minerals in an average multivitamin. Okay. If you take a single tomato and I break that tomato down to all the different little components, so I'm looking at all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the other... I, they're called typically phytochemicals, and these are vitamin-like, but they're not classified as a vitamin. They're chemicals in the tomato that are created by God and by nature mm-hmm. that benefit our body, but aren't classified as a vitamin. Phytochemicals. How many different vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals did you think you'd find in a naturally grown organic heirloom tomato? Five. 200. 2,000. 10,000. Whoa. There are 10,000 different vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals in a single tomato. So bring it back to the basics. So... No matter how many supplements you take, you can't outrun a bad diet. You can't out-supplement a bad diet. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, supplements are good. Don't get me wrong. And I think most of us should be on them. But you still have to get good food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know, we'll move forward to the end of 2018. And Brenda flew up in July of 2018. And she and I went to the bank. And we formed this not-for-profit um, and Dr. Eisen suggested that I start talking about it. So I started going to Salem Greeters. And then someone said, you should be a nonprofit. So in October, we created some bylaws, and he agreed to be on our founding board of directors, and we went to be in a non- 501c3 nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> well, then we needed some literature to talk about us. And I said, well, let's just get it down to three simple th- three things that you could do. And I remember 
he and I said, and go, okay, well, there's all of these. What three should we put on there? And so we decided reduce your processed sugar, mm-hmm. eat real food, get more plants in your diet, mm-hmm. and get some movement. And those have always been our three core. If you can do, if you do those three things alone to start, add more down the road. But like he said, get real food, do some movement, and get that sugar because. Because cancer feeds on sugar, right? Cancer feeds on sugar. And if you cut sugar out of your system, you're going to reduce the chances of cancer growing in your body significantly. So it's kind of like a like a miracle grow for cancer. Yeah, it, it truly is. Yeah. The more sugar you... And that's... Baron and I have had this conversation before. You walk into a cancer doctor's office, and if there's a bowl of candy on the counter, turn around and walk shame out. Shame on them. Absolutely shame on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is... Uh, it drives me nuts to think of any medical doctor, but specifically a cancer doctor offering candy or donuts or something like that to Did his patients. Did you see that when you would go to the doctors? Um, I saw it one time and I didn't go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, that usually she's the segue queen, but you have segued into the next topic that I want to talk about. So it was late. It was early 2019. And again, I realized, well, I, we've got an idea here. We've got bylaws, we've got an organization, but someone needs to know about us. And so I started going to places and I met the lady here in town who is the director of the Cancer Action Network, which is the volunteer arm of the American Cancer Society. Oh. Okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> American Cancer Society does data, they do policy, and then they got someone that actually goes out and implements it. So that's the Cancer Action Network. And she was the head for the whole state of Oregon. And they, it was early 19, and they were organizing a, a march. They were going to walk over to our state capitol. And what they were pushing for was a higher tax on cigarettes. And so I had this debate with oh, her. Oh, that was like, what year was that? 2019. Yep. Yep. And, and, and she and I didn't agree on the value, but we had this discussion. Like, you know, what's the value of increasing the tax? She says, well, if they have to pay more for cigarettes, and they'll smoke less cigarettes, and they'll reduce lung cancer. I didn't agree with her, but I'm like, I need some support with what we're doing. So I showed up to their organization meeting before they did their march. And I got there, and I walk in the door, and there's 30 or 40 volunteers, and you got this table. It's early in the morning. There's this table full of uh, coffee and donuts and cookies and da 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 And at the very end of the table, there was a few mandarin oranges. <laughs> and she does her whole little spiel, what we're going to do. We're going to walk over to the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. And if you're feeling a little tired, just go get some more donuts. And I'm like, I'm not sticking around for this. <laughs> and I walked out the door, and I called Dr. Ice, and I said, I, I mean, I was mad. I'm like, why is our message so hard? This is the American Cancer Society, and she's actually telling them to eat some more donuts. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you told me? Mm-hmm. I said, why is this so hard? And he said, our society wants an instant fix yes. to everything. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about is really a lifestyle change. Yeah. Yep. Right? And would you agree that that has been the continual yeah. Challenge. Yep. I mean, if you look at the, the, the societies, cultures, countries in the world that have the lowest cancer rates, they're the, the countries that have the highest rate of, of unprocessed natural foods that they're eating, mm-hmm. whether it's seafood or it's, it's farm-raised or, or whatever. They're not eating processed foods. They're not eating sugars. Um, pound per pound, we eat more sugar in this country than any other country in the world. It's insane. You know, it if you is. look at it per capita, the, the sugar consumption in our country is off the charts, and it shouldn't be. We, we need to be getting back to what God created for us. Absolutely. So that, that tax raise on cigarettes yep. in 2019, so that actually got me to quit smoking cigarettes. Really? It did. 
Mm-hmm. Well, because it was it was just like it's two dollars more a pack didn't seem like a lot, but when you actually break it down, so actually me and my husband both quit smoking so um, the second you. week of January. Worked so for you. It did. It did. Well, we we have a little bit of time here. I'll just tell you her logic, and then I'll tell you my logic. Okay. <laughs> so her logic was that that people like you would quit smoking, and that would reduce the chance of lung cancer. Well, then my second question to her was, um, is there any other state that has done this? And then you actually have to let some time go by so that the data catches up, right? Mm -hmm. So New York passed something like this 10 years ago, and they were $7 a pack was their tax. Mm. I said, okay, so... smokes. Yeah. Like, would you keep $7 a pack? That's a lot. Yeah. For a pack of cigarettes. And I said, okay, so now what's the lung cancer rate 10 years later? And there wasn't a difference. I said, so it didn't work. I mean, if you really want to smoke, you're going to find a way to pay that extra tax. Right. right? And I said, so here's my second question. Where's that tax money going? Like, if you're going to force right. those, Yeah. And she couldn't tell me. And I'm like, I, don't, I won't vote for this. Now, if it were to go to the Oregon Health Plan and actually did some good, which I don't believe it will, but... But that was my frustration was it's not going to do what you think it's going to do. It's just another tax. Right, yeah. So much of of legislation is feel-good legislation. It feels Mm -hmm. good. It feels like this is going to make a difference without any actual data to back it up. And and you're right. You can typically look at other states who have done similar things and look for the, the results, look and see how things have changed over time. And you would think that our legislators would would learn that lesson and start looking at other states who have implemented these things to see how things have changed when it's been done and realize, okay, that doesn't work. Let's not do that. Let's try it a different way. Let's try something that has been tried and has worked and and use that. Unfortunately, I think we have very short memories and there's something about, oh, well, that's a different state. It won't, it doesn't work there because it's there. It'll work here because we're different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's here. Yeah. And it doesn't. And it drives me nuts that we can't seem to wake up enough to look at places where things have been tried and see what works and what doesn't and then do the things that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, I think you're right with the feel-good thing because it's like, well, like that lady, for instance, going there to fight cancer while offering a, an array of, of sugar items at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a... You're not that committed, if that's the case. Where it's it's a uh, it, this makes me feel good. Well, it's not actually. Used, we're, we're used to going to greeters or wherever, and and I know that doctors. I like it when I go to greeters. It's actually a somewhat of a meal. It is a little annoying when all you have is a lot of high sugary carbs to choose from. But that's what people are used to. They're used to going to a meeting, and there's a bunch of donuts waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, like, when we did greeters at uh, Salem Chamber uh, recently, we went to Doe Hook, and we went and got all the big, fancy, yummy donuts, because that's just... That's what people want. We thought that's what people would want. Yummy, delicious, beautiful. Yeah, they didn't Instead like it when I hosted greeters, because I brought real food. <laughs> like, you brought mandarin oranges? What the heck? <laughs> But it's, I guess you don't think of that uh, now, thinking about us hosting it and grabbing all of those foods. It's like, huh. So you go back to what you mentioned before, Baron, about how um, I said that people just want an easy fix, right? What does the American Cancer Society spend the vast majority of their money on? Probably advertising, in all honesty. Well, there's probably that, yeah. <laughs> An awful but, lot of print, but most, like, mostly data. They play, probably spend a lot of money on research. Research, but they're looking for new treatments. Right. Oh. Right. 
they're not looking for any way to educate people to avoid cancer, to stop cancer before it becomes an issue, yes. to basically prevent it. There's nothing that they're doing on prevention. It's all on reaction. Yeah. And it's all based that. in very strong Western medicine reaction. New chemo drugs, new radiation. Right. You know, not in prevention, which prevention is That's where you ultimately, have to start. It's ultimately the cure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use that comment to bring in our last topic. Okay. So I brought this book in before, Anthro Cancer Living. Um, Dr. Lorenzo Cohen, is, he has a PhD. He's a doctor at the MD Anderson in Houston, Texas. His job there is integrative medicine, basically prevention. And a lot of what we found in our organization now is from this book because he's the one that said if we don't take prevention more seriously in 20 years, every American is going to have cancer. But there's one section in here that I think will make for an interesting discussion. It's uh, early detection. There's a controversial aspect to early detection, as it can lead to unnecessarily aggressive treatments for some non-lethal cancers. Okay, Often these illnesses are more accurately classified as, quote, precancerous states, and there is no scientific or medical evidence that these Cellular, cellular anomalies would cause harm or contribute to a person's mortality if left untreated. So he goes on here and he says, um, once cancer is detected, however, it is medical norm to, and this is what Dr. Eisen says all the time, this is how we get cancer. We cut it out, we poison it out, we burn it out. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the medical norm. Necessary consequences to a patient's quality of life or overall health. Recent research actually suggests that men with low-risk disease, like prostate cancer, may make no difference in how long they live. Here's the one I really would like to discuss, though. A similar situation is starting to emerge from women diagnosed with a form of early-stage breast cancer. It's called ductal carcinoma in situ. Am I saying that right? Close enough. Um, so I had this discussion with Brenda when the ladies were here, we, we said that in this year, the prediction is 297,790 invasive breast cancer, mm -hmm. except DCIS is not invasive. It's not in, Brenda had invasive ductal carcinoma. Right. DCIS is not. It's not invasive ductal carcinoma. So those numbers weren't even on that? No. There's another number, 55,720 women are going to get DCIS. What's the difference, and why should active surveillance be more important? So DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, is basically it's localized. It's in a very small area of the breast tissue, and it's not spreading, okay? Not yet. If you catch it early like that, and then you manage it and prevent the spread by keeping your immune system strong, by doing th certain things that make your the environment inhospitable to that cancer, it will stay there. You may even get ahead of it and kill it with your own immune system, um, but it doesn't become uh, danger to the life of that patient. When it becomes metastatic or invasive, now it's spreading through adjacent tissues, it's hitting the lymph nodes, it's traveling throughout the body, and causing all kinds of harm. So... DCIS, generally, as long as, as it stays DCIS, there is literally no risk to the person or such a small risk that it's nothing you need to worry about to the point of doing aggressive cancer treatments. Um, just keep it in check. But what's happening, Amanda, is if I told you that you had ductal carcinoma, 
you heard the word C, right? No, oh, you don't that's even it. know. You don't even know that's what in situ matters. means, right? You don't even know what that word means, Mm-mm. right? But then they say, well, here's what we suggest we do. We should probably go in and cut that tumor out and do some radiation so it doesn't spread. Absolutely. But Let's he said it. radiation is bad. Right. But I wouldn't know that. Yeah. So the idea with radiation as a treatment is they're trying to burn the cancer and all the adjacent tissues by bombarding it with so much radiation it literally melts the DNA in those cells and they die. The problem is how do you keep it pinpoint? You can't. It's always going to go outside of the bounds where you want it to go. And so you're hitting and affecting adjacent cells. The hope is that the affected adjacent cells aren't damaged so badly that they become cancerous, that they can recuperate or die off and, and recover with good healthy cells. But it's not a science, it, and it's not even a very good art. Um, it's just, it's guessing. Right. And they're fairly good at guessing, but they're not perfect at it. Right. And so you're bombarding tissue with a bunch of extra radiation that can cause potential harm or new cancers just because you've hit it with radiation. So I, I just really wanted to bring this up because... When we sat down together, formed this organization, I said, we need to be proactive. Everybody else is reactive. Let's be proactive. Right. And if you get this DCIS, get onto an active surveillance. Do what he's talking about. As opposed to the other method, you could actually put yourself in a place to just prevent it from getting worse. Yep. And that's what Dr. Cohen talks about is active surveillance. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I truly appreciate it. It was really fun to have you on. I enjoyed being here. All right, you guys. So with our sponsor of this second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She's currently fighting her own battle with breast cancer. So please continue to keep her in your prayers and give her a call if you have any questions on buying a home, selling a home, or just not really sure where to start. 503-409-4389. And we'll be back next week as As the the movement movement continues. continues.